You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Episode number 85 of that one time on tour is brought to you by the band The Cryptics. The Cryptics are a melodic hardcore band formed in 2008 from Dover, New Hampshire. Their upcoming album, Continuous New Behavior, will be released on January 31st via Pine Hill Records. Look for them on tour in February. For more information on The Cryptics, you can check them out on Facebook and Instagram at The Cryptics and on Twitter at the underscore cryptics. Now here it is, their new single, Face the Day. Road to nowhere has seemed to call your name, but 
up, everyone? This is Christopher Rowe of the Ataris. Chris invited me to come check in and talk about upcoming UK Europe tour. I've got booked kicks off on January 7th in Guildford at the Boiler Room. And then uh, there's dates all the way up north to Glasgow. Glasgow is on January 11th. And uh, it ends in London on January 15th at the New Cross Inn. Then I head on to mainland Europe for dates in Switzerland, Italy, and Germany. So, yeah, hope to see some of you out at the shows. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. going to be playing all requests and old songs and maybe a couple new ones. But for the most part, I'll just be playing uh, all the songs that you want to hear and sing along to. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Super excited. Happy holidays to everyone. Hope it's a good one. See you at the shows. Bye-bye. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, this is Jose from McWar, and you're listening to That One Time on Tour. Everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? As always, this is Chris Swinney, your host for that one time on tour. If you are just joining me and you've never been here before, this is my podcast where I get to sit down with somebody in or around the entertainment industry and have an awesome conversation. This week on the program, I got to talk with Jose Prieto from Make War. Wonderful new Fat Records band. Their new record, Get It Together, is actually in my top 10 records of 2019. And uh, the, the conversation was wonderful. Jose is originally from Venezuela, and uh, he's just the coolest dude ever. We had such a great conversation. And that's coming up here in a second. I would like to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody out there. This is dropping a day early because, you know, I didn't think you wanted to listen to a podcast episode on Christmas. Maybe so. Maybe your family's like freaking you out and you wanted to, but there's a lot of other episodes you can check out, but this one is coming out a day early. I want to tell you guys about this awesome thing that I did a couple of days ago on Friday. I got to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana and hang out with some 41. I got to sit down with Dave Brown sound, such a great dude. We had so many mutual friends. It was crazy. I'd met Dave in the past, but we didn't really know each other that well. But uh, those guys could not be more hospitable and just cooler, and I, I love Sum 41, and uh, I just want to say thank you guys very much. I know a couple of you guys listen once in a while. So um, that episode with Dave is going to be coming out in 2020, 
So, you know, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss it. It's a good one. So, like I said, it's Christmas. Uh, my wife just wrapped all of the presents from quote unquote Santa. And yes, I'm doing the little finger quotes for my kids. And I can't wait to get it over with because my son Silas every day asks if it's Christmas and I have to tell him, no, it's not Christmas yet. So it's finally going to be Christmas and he will stop asking me if it's Christmas. So I need to tell you guys about my sponsors that uh, helped me buy Christmas <laughs> and they help keep the lights on here at the podcast. Uh, Permanence Tattoo Gallery over in downtown Anderson, Indiana on Meridian Street. My buddy and past guest of the show, Jacob Harrison, is the owner. It's an amazing shop. Everyone in there is stellar at what they do. So head on over to all the socials. Check them out at Permanence Tattoo Gallery and go get some ink. Tell them that I sent you. I also want to give a shout out to the Cryptics, the band that sponsored this episode. They sent me this amazing like grab bag box of stuff, like records and silkscreen posters, and it's they're just awesome. So thank you guys so much. It was like a little Christmas present from the Cryptics. So go check out the Cryptics. You can get them on Facebook and Instagram at the Cryptics and on Twitter at the underscore Cryptics. Everybody on the internet has been stoked this week because my chemical romance got back together and had their reunion show. Thursday opened up the show. I've actually talked to Tucker and he's going to come back on the show in the future. And we're going to have a little talk about Thursday, and what they've got going on. And of course, we're going to touch on the MCR reunion. I would like to know if any of you were there. I would like to hear your review of the show. You know, how great you thought it was, how shitty you thought it was, whatever. I would like you to call the hotline. It is 1-765-372-8818. And let me know what you thought if you went to the MCR reunion show. I actually did some touring with the MCR guys back in the day. They were always super, super cool. And I love those dudes. And I could not be more happy that they are back doing what they do best. And uh, yeah, let me know what you thought of the show. So 1-765-372-8818. If you would like to become a sponsor of that one time on tour, if you have a band or a company, hit me up, tototpodcast at gmail.com, and I will give you all of the details and you can get involved. If you are just a normal person, <laughs> you don't have a band or you don't have a company, but you still want to help out, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash tototpodcast. You can get involved at one of our three tiers. We have a $2 tier, a $5 tier. And a $25 tier, the $25 tier is the producer tier, and I'd like to give a shout out to our two Patreon producers, Bob Foster out of Hemet, California, and John Exton, all the way from the United Kingdom. So thank you guys very much for being producers. I could not do the show without you. And shout out to everybody on Patreon. I'm going to be posting some bonus episodes very soon, and we are getting ready to have another contest so uh, head on over there, patreon.com forward slash T-O-T-O-T podcast. So as far as segments go for today, I'm going to basically give you my top 10 records of 2019. And then I've got one of our Patreons sending his top five list. I'm going to give you that. And then I'm going to get right into the interview. It's, it's already a long intro, but I'm going to try to keep it short. So I've been talking about it. I posted it today on Instagram. These are my top 10 2019 releases. I didn't put them in any particular order, so I'm just going to read them. So I, these are I like all of these the same, I guess. 
So first up, Kill Switch Engage with Atonement. I've been a Kill Switch fan through every incarnation of the band. When Jesse was there at the beginning, and then they got Howard, and then they got Jesse back, I've liked pretty much everything they've ever put out. I'm a metal guy at heart. I mean, I love punk rock, but I'm a metal guy at heart. And the production that Adam D does on these records, I mean, it's it's just... It's insane. I'm I'm talking to a few people right now about trying to get Adam or some of those guys on the podcast, and uh, that's going to be awesome. I can't. I'm just going to nerd out and talk about like gear and production and recording the whole time. But yeah, Kill Switch Engage with Atonement. Next up on my list, I have Lagwagon with Railer. I had Joey Cape on a while back, and we talked all about it. That record is you can't beat it, man. I mean, it's it's just like. You take one of the classic Lagwagon albums and put it up against Railer, and it might lose. Railer is that good. If you haven't checked it out, make sure to go check out Railer by Lagwagon. Next up, Bayside with Interrobang. I've been a huge Bayside fan forever as well. I don't think they've ever put out a bad record, and this new record is just insane, man. The guitar work and Anthony's vocals, lyrics, I mean... It's a perfect album as far as I'm concerned, so you need to go check that out. I had Jack on the program a while back, and hopefully he's going to come back and we can talk all about the new record, Interrobang. But it's awesome, so check out Bayside with Interrobang. Every time this next guy puts out a record, it's in my top 10. City in Color, A Pill for Loneliness, Dallas Green from Alexis on Fire. I mean, you can't beat the guy's vocals, you can't beat his songwriting. It's amazing. And this record, it took a little bit of time for me. Like normally I listen to a City in Color record and I just, it, I just fall in love with it. This one took a couple listens, but after I set with it and I listened to it a lot, it's up there with all the other records. I mean, I just, I love it. So you got to check it out. If you're a fan of Alexis on Fire, you'll love it because it's, it's the melodic parts of that. It's such a good record. So check out City in Color, A Pill for Loneliness. And on the program today, Jose Prieto of Make War, their record, Get It Together, is one of my favorite records of 2019. It's so good. I mean, I, I didn't know much about Make War until they signed to Fat, and now I've gone back and listened to their other stuff that was on Red Scare, and they're a great band. They're, they're quickly becoming one of my favorite bands. I think I listened to Get It Together, their new record, more than anything else in the last like two or three months. It's just such a good record. So check it out. And you're going to hear some of it at the end of this episode because Jose is on the program today. But make war with Get It Together. Next up, Good Riddance, Thoughts and Prayers. Uh, I had Russ on the program a couple weeks back and we talked all about the new record. Good Riddance. I mean, I sound like a fanboy with every one of these bands, but I've loved Good Riddance since I was like 15 years old. I, I've learned stuff from Good Riddance, like politically and socially, and they're just, they're a wonderful band. I love the passion, and they don't ever sound like they're phoning it in. It's, it's just, it's really, really good. So make sure to go check out Good Riddance with Thoughts and Prayers. Bad Religion, Age of Unreason. How can I not put Bad Religion's new album on my list? Have you heard the new Bad Religion record? It's awesome. I mean... When you've been a band for over 40 years and you're still putting out a banger like this new record, it's, I don't see how they do it. I mean, I, I just don't see how they can continually put out amazing music like they do. And I know like some of their records have been kind of polarizing, 
But this record, I've never heard one person say one bad thing about it. It's just amazing. So you've got to go check it out. Bad Religion with Age of Unreason. Next up, Teenage Bottle Rocket with Stay Rad. I had Ray on the show a couple weeks back. It's pretty cool that I've gotten, I don't know, I just think it's awesome. I've talked to a lot of people that are that made these records that I've, I love so much and I put on my 2019 list. But Stay Rad is so cool. I just love Teenage Bottle Rocket. It's kind of has, they kind of have this like tongue in cheek kind of humor with their lyrics. And it's this like really cool, almost like Ramonesy style pop punk. I just, I love it so much. And you guys need to check it out. Teenage Bottle Rocket with Stay Rad. Next up, Baroness with Gold and Gray. I had a blast going down and seeing Baroness a few months back, hanging out with Sebastian and talking all about their new record. A lot of people are kind of torn on this record because the production is a little bit harsh. There's there's a lot of like I don't it's like this wall of noise compressed kind of, you know, just angular production. Like Dave Fridman, the guy that produced it, he kind of does that. Like he worked with a band that used to be in Brazil and he hit the production on that record was a little different. And I mean, once you kind of sit with it for a while and you get used to how it sounds, and you can hone in on the songwriting, you can't beat it. It's it's an amazing record, and you guys need to check it out. It's Baroness with Gold and Gray. Last but not least, like I said, this is in no particular order. Some people might give me some shit for this, but uh, I'm going to go with Billie Eilish, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? You can't go anywhere without hearing a Billie Eilish song. And that's not why I love it. I love it because I, I knew nothing about her And uh, some girls that go to my rock and roll summer camp decided to do a song of hers acoustically at a show that we did like last summer. And I was like, okay, whatever, fine. And then when I heard them do it, it kind of blew me away because they were really good anyway. And then I went and checked out the record and there's just something like she's, she's legit. She's not some pop star. Like she, for one thing, she can sing her ass off and the lyrics are cool everything's kind of creepy. The videos and all of the, like the visuals are just kind of weird and artistic. And I just, I really, really dig her. I know she's super young, but man, she is talented. And I, I listen to that record all the time. So go ahead and check that out. The new Billie Eilish record. Actually, it's the old Billie Eilish record that came out at the beginning of the year. I mean, if Billy Joe Armstrong likes her, then I guess I can like, like her too. So, but that's my top 10 of 2019. One of our patrons, Carl Uberbacher, he writes in and he says that his top five, starting at number five, all the way to number one, number five, the Admiral Sir Cloudlessly shovel with very uncertain times. I'm going to have to check that out. I guess the Admiral Sir Cloudlessly shovel, shovel, shovel. I don't know. Sounds cool. I'm going to have to check that out. So, uh, yeah. Number four, the old firm casuals with Holgater Dansk, which of course I had Lars on the show and uh, that record is so good. I have it on vinyl, which is really cool. It sounds awesome. Uh, Number three, Swerve Driver with Future Ruins. Uh, I used to listen to Swerve Driver quite a bit. I have not heard the new one. I'm going to have to check that out. So thank you, Carl, for bringing that to my attention. Number two, Mark Lanigan with Somebody's Knocking. I don't know about that one either, man. It's uh, I'm going to find some new music off of this. Thank you very much. I'm going to check it out. And then number one, Rival Sons with Feral Roots. I used to be a big Rival Sons fan, so I'm going to check that out. 
And uh, thank you very much for sending that in, Carl. And Carl actually won our contest a couple months back. So I appreciate your support, Carl. And uh, thanks for sending in your top five list. I'm going to read some more top five lists before the end of the year. So if you guys have a top five list of albums that you loved this year, go ahead and hit me up, TOTOTpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on any of the socials at TOTOTpodcast. And I'm going to jump out of here, man, because I've been talking for quite a while. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. And with no further ado, I'm going to jump into it right now. This is my conversation with Jose Prieto of Make War. Here we go. And I'm on the line with Jose from Make War. How are you doing today, Jose? I'm doing great, man. It's a gloomy, gloomy day in New York, but it, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> it's pretty gloomy here in Indiana too. I'm in the middle of the country. It's uh it's been pretty cold. How's it how's the weather been out there in New York? It's it's getting really cold, man. It's getting super cold and and it's raining every day. It's an, it's not great. So you're you're not originally from New York, though, correct? No, I'm from uh, Venezuela, from South America. That's awesome. That's one of my. I've been to almost every country in South America. I've got to say, Venezuela is food wise one of my favorite places in the world. Oh no shit, that's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, so, did you grow up in Venezuela? Yeah, I, I grew up there. I lived there for uh, 17 years before I moved to Florida to Miami by myself. Oh, you moved there by your by yourself? Yeah, I went. I, I went. So I was born in Miami, and then uh, and then my parents my parents are Venezuelans. They they took me back right before I was one, uh, and then I lived there until I was seventeen. Finished high school, did all that, and then uh, I decided to move back to uh, Miami to go to college. So I just I, went, I moved back alone, yeah, to go to college. So when you, when you say you were born in Miami, does that automatically give you citizenship? How does that work? Yeah, back in the day, that's how it worked. <laughs> I don't know about these days, but uh, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the cur- current administration, who knows how anything works with that, right? Yeah, I think he wants to change that law. And uh, I don't think that would affect me, but it would affect a lot of people uh, in the near future and in, in the near past. And which is fucked up because like he... Oh, yeah, I, I don't want to start talking politics, but <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Is, this isn't a political yeah, show, yeah. but I, I've got to say that you and I probably lean the same way if we had to go deep on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. 100%, man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my, my wife and I, uh, a few years back, my son is three now, but when he was, when my wife was pregnant for my son, I got a job offer to go be a consultant for an entertainment company in Jamaica. And they were like, huh. you should just have your son in Jamaica, then he'll have dual citizenship. But we ended up waiting until he was born to move down there. But I think the whole dual citizenship thing in, you know, if you want to say, quote unquote, in Trump's America or just in the world in general nowadays would be a great thing if you had your choice yeah. of two different places to go. Yeah, well, it, it will be. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if Jamaica and Venezuela would be a good second, you know, but <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, did you, do you have then, cause you were living in Venezuela. Did you have dual citizenship as well? I do. Yeah, I still do. Uh, my, my Venezuelan passport is expired, but I'm working on trying to fix it. Cause I want to, I want to go visit, um, maybe this Christmas, but I, I'm not sure yet. So yeah. your folks are still down there. Yeah. Folks, uh, mom, dad, grandma, uh, you know, couple of cousins my one of my brothers still down there yeah it's a lot of people there are you i, I know venezuela is a big country were you guys uh in one of the smaller towns or were you guys close to caracas no we uh we i, I grew up in caracas caracas is where yeah i lived there 
Yeah, 17 years. Um, it's a small, as Trey says, it's a small country, but it's a, and especially Caracas is a small city, but uh, but but it's kind of like New York, you know. It's like it's a small, but it's like very polluted. But yes, a lot of people there. So growing up in Venezuela, that's kind of a unique thing for you know people that I have on the podcast are always from California or New York or wherever. <laughs> like, yeah. was there a punk scene? Like, how did you get into music while you were living down there? Yeah, man, the, there was there was a punk scene, and it was it was pretty big, um, especially before the internet and before, yeah, I guess we, yeah, before the internet. Um, for some reason, like every time, I think how I got into it was like people traveling to the U.S., like friends and and family and stuff. Um, they came to the U.S. for like vacation, and then they always came back with like a bunch of CDs, like new CDs, you know, like. Uh, from punk rock to whatever um uh but yeah uh i remember i remember coming coming to the states for the first time i was probably 14 or 13 i went uh i went to colorado to go snowboarding with my with my uh my brother and and my and my uncle and uh i remember my dad gave me 200 dollars for the whole trip. She's like, all right, this $200 is for, for, for you to spend on whatever you want. I remember going to one CD shop or like music store and just spent the whole thing in CDs. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I, I just came back home with like a whole backpack full of CDs and like invite everyone over and everyone made cassette tapes. And it was, it was, it's so fun. Do you remember any of the like certain CDs that you bought on that trip? I, I do remember. <laughs> um, uh, I remember I remember uh, getting the short music for short people. Uh, amazing, that amazing. One, that one blew my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, are you telling me that I I, I can give you five dollars and I get like 120 bands in the same CD? <laughs> yeah, right. That's insane. Like that's a steal. I'll take it. <laughs> I remember that that compilation since the songs were you know 30 seconds long. Everyone from the entire genre was it seemed like was on that CD. I mean, even like huge bands were on that CD. Yeah, I I, mean, I can't I can't remember any huge, but I guess like well, like I think Blink had a song on there. Yeah, I'm, Blink just, Blink had a song there. Yeah, bands that you wouldn't think would be on a fat comp were on that comp, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any favorites on that comp? Um, I know it's hard to think man. back because <laughs> there's so many bands on it. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> fuck, no, I can't remember. And I, I, I try to look for that comp on, on Spotify, and it's not there anymore. And I don't have it with me, so I don't. I wouldn't know where to find it. If I can find it, I will rip it onto my computer and send it to you. Yes, that will be rad. <laughs> so do you remember any of the other CDs, or was it just like the compilation that got you going? No, I, I remember getting... Uh, what else? Um, I got a bunch of comps, because comps were like the, the cheapest CDs, you know? So I yeah. got a bunch of like fat comps and like and like punkoramas. Uh, what else did I got? Fuck! I remember getting that that no effects uh, VHS. Uh, ten years of it's a ten years of fucking ten years up. of fucking up. Yeah, that's such a yeah, good yeah. thing, man. I love that. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. That that one was like everyone borrowed that, and it, and at some point, I, I I think I lost it because like I, no one knew who had it at the end. Yeah, like it went from friend to friend to friend to friend to friend, and I was like, all right, it's gone. It disappears. I just man, I tell you, every time I've been to South America, whether playing music or just there on vacation, like the people. Not just to Venezuela, but I've been like all over the place. The people in South America, they just seem like they're such loyal music fans. Does it have a lot to do with the fact that not a lot of American bands seem to get down there on the on tour? So when they do, they they just don't waste it. 
Yeah, dude. Like I when I lived there, when I lived there, not none of my, none of the bands that I like like went down there. Uh, and and it was such a bummer, you know, because like I, I I never I didn't see my first like punk concert until I moved to the states. And it was, I think my first concert was uh, Blink-22, Green Day, and Jimmy World. <laughs> wow, yeah, I remember that tour. Um, I went to that tour. Yeah, it was, it was fucking great. But, uh, but then I remember after I moved here, like, I, I remember all my friends telling me, like, yeah, like, fucking, like, Lagwagon went, like, No Effects went, like, Pulley, like, all these bands. I'm like, what the fuck? So they all just went for me, waited for me to move out to, for, for them to go there. <laughs> I, uh, I bet when you got to Miami, there was a lot more going on in Miami as far as like bands that you had heard of, correct? Yeah, but also Miami is another place that like bands don't like to go there because it's at the end of Florida and it's such a pain in the ass to go like all the way down there and then all the way up. Like I remember try have to travel to like Pompano or like or like West Palm Beach to actually go to all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I was down there with the Ataris, which was probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, we didn't even actually play in Miami proper. We played in Kendall, New York, that's that? Ken, yeah, Ken, I think that's where I was born, actually. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think Kendall, yeah, I know Kendall. We used to play Miami all the time, but for some reason, that particular tour, we played this little live venue in Kendall, and it was, it was wonderful, but I was yeah. used to go into Miami, but I love that whole area, man. Are you still, do you still get down to Miami very often? Uh, no, I haven't been there in a while. And when I go there, it's, it's like, man, Miami is cool, but it's cool for like, for like a weekend, you know, or, yeah. or maybe a week. It's like, it's like a good place to be because it's hot and it's like, you know, the beaches are actually nice, but, uh, but that's, that's it. I don't know. So when did you actually start playing guitar? Were you playing guitar in Venezuela? I did. Yeah. Uh, I had a whole, I had a punk band, but, uh, then there when I was 14, um, what was, what was the name I, of the band? Oh God, it's a terrible name. You're going to hate it. Uh, we were called the Go-Go Punkers. The Go-Go Punkers. That's awesome. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> I, I come up with the best names for bands. <laughs> well, I mean, Make War is pretty cool, but the Go-Go Punkers, if I saw that on a flyer, I'd go see them, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so were you guys doing more originals or was it a lot of cover stuff? No, it's only originals. And uh, it was only originals. And we, we sang, we tried to sing in English because we we're like, all right, we, what's the plan for the band we said but like the plan for the band is to move to the states at some point and like you know either get signed a fat or epitaph or something and you know so to do that we have to sing in english because if we sing in spanish no one's going to say what we're saying um so i just like use like my computer and like and like translated with this windows 95 program that i had yeah and uh and it was it was the worst english in the world but uh but you know but it actually sounded pretty good <laughs> that's awesome man is there any of that online somewhere someone could check it out uh i don't think it's maybe but i'll i'll do that same i'll, I'll look it up and i'll send it to you okay i'd like, I think I'd like to check it out yeah it's kind of like skate punky it's like kind of like a little bit like the ataris actually okay cool man yeah 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 i was uh you know talking to you previously before we got on the phone and you know i just i just think that i know you do acoustic sets as well and uh, yeah. i always envied our singer chris rowe because when we wouldn't be on tour if he wanted to go do a bunch of acoustic shows he would and i just think you guys together would be amazing so i'm going to hook you up with chris's info at some point yeah man that'll be right so i know you know we'll, we'll get back to some of this history and stuff i did want to get right out of the gate you guys released a record on fat on november 1st called get it together 
And you guys just got done doing a lot of dates with Lagwagon and Face to Face. I just had Joey on the show a couple weeks back. How did the tour go with those guys? Uh, it was the best tour we ever done. It was so it was so much fun. It was like the venues were incredible. The people, the crowd was so receptive. It was it was the best. Were you guys on the entire the entire tour or just parts of it? No, I wish. No, we were just in the first the first half. So we did uh we did the uh the uh, I was going to say the East Coast when I kind of forgot Like we had to drive all the way from, from here to Dakota, Washington to start the tour. Wow. And then, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the tour kind of slowly came back to New York and that's where we stopped. So, you know, you guys just got this record out on fat, you know, how did the band get together? I know you guys worked with Red Scare before that, but you, you moved here to Miami to go to school when you got to the United States, did it did did music just become more of a passion for you? No, not at all. Like I, I try when I moved to the states, uh, I tried to bring my band, the Goga Punkers, um, and it was hard because they were like, "Well, we're not gonna go unless we get signed." And like, okay, so I just started sending our demos to everyone. Like I sent I sent a demo to Fat, I sent a demo to Epitaph, I sent a demo to everyone, right? And uh, and we no one replied, but this one guy also in Miami and uh I think his name was Adam and he had a record label that with no bands uh, it was called Jolly Man Jolly Man Records okay and uh and I was like okay cool guys we got uh, we got signed so it's your turn to come come to the states you know and I, I somehow convinced all of them to come wow. well all of them besides my uh, our bass player so we all came here we moved into a house we built like a rehearsal space at the house and we lived here together for like a year, but nothing really happened. Like Jolly Man ended up not being a real label as I as I knew. I just wanted to get the guys here to like you know to start something. Yeah. Um, but so nothing really happened. We never found a real bass player that we liked. So they all moved back, uh, and I finished college. And uh, after they moved back, I was like, yeah, I guess I guess I focus into like doing this graphic design thing that I that that I also really like. Um. So yeah, so uh, and then after after college, I moved to New York, and and I started making. I, in Miami, I, I made some acoustic songs out of uh, this name uh, called Sad, Sad in French. Okay. Um, and then when I moved to Miami, I kept on playing like some acoustic some acoustic shows here or there, like open mics and stuff. And then uh, my best friend Edwin, who I met in 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 Fort Lauderdale in college. Uh, he was like, "Hey, like, how's New York?" I'm like, "New York is amazing," and he's like, "Maybe I'll move there." I'm like, "All right." So he moved here, and he played he played some bass, but like he, you know, and uh, and so we started playing in Saturn French together. He got an upright bass. I had my my acoustic guitar, and uh, we kind of tried to make the, the the band a thing. You know, we both actually quit our jobs and like just went went uh, freelance and. Uh, we moved into the same room together because New York is really expensive. <laughs> yeah, what, so we what lived, part of New York were you guys in at that point? Uh, we lived in uh, this East Williamsburg, like okay. slash like Bushwick, in yeah, uh, yeah. in yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, th things are not cheap. Things are not cheap no, at all. No, but so but moving into the same room and having bunk beds like made our made our rent like four hundred dollars each. Yeah. Which he was incredible for New York, but we were also like twenty-seven years old. Like we're adults sleeping in bunk beds in the same room, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was great, man. Like I mean, he's still my best friend, and I fucking love him to death. So like having a chin in the room with him was it was perfect. 
so you guys are doing that. When did the whole like name change to make war happen? When did the band actually get going? So we did, we tried it. We did a couple of tours with, uh, with Saturn French, uh, in, in my Honda element. Um, and the tours that we did, man, they, they were funny. Cause like, we didn't know anyone. Like I tried to hit a lot of people on uh, book your own fucking life, you know, like yeah, yeah. that website, I tried to hit a bunch of people, but they were like, no idea who you are. Like, I, I don't know. You should start touring. And, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, man. I'm trying to tour. <laughs> so like, can you help me out? <laughs> So what we did was like, we're like, fuck it. We had like four shows booked, right? So we, we just went out for a month with four shows. And what we did was like every city that we hit that we didn't have a show, we looked up uh, open mics. So we just did a bunch of open mics on and, and the four shows that we booked. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so after that, I think we were like, all right, you know, like the band, like we recorded a proper record and... Uh, and then we got signed by this label called uh, Black Numbers. I don't okay. know if you know them. I've heard They're, their name. Uh, I don't know much about them though. Yeah, they were from Jersey. Um, I think I think the guy moved uh, to Nashville now. Um, so we're like, all right, we have a fucking real record on a real la- real label. Uh, so uh, what happened next? Sorry. So then <laughs> I met I met Greg, who's uh, who is our was our drummer. Um, we met at a bar on Valentine's Day. It was super cute. <laughs> um, and then he's like, yeah, man, I play drums. You know, we'd love to play with you guys. I'm like, yeah, man, like, you know, right now we were acoustic, but we were like, I should have been thinking about, you know, bringing someone that we actually like into playing drums and kind of being like early against me, you know, yeah, like yeah. kind of like acoustic. And he's like, fuck yeah, man. I'm from, I'm from like Gainesville, Tampa. Like I, I love those guys and I've been playing since forever. So we got together and like we clicked like right away and uh, and you know you know we started playing more shows and we we actually toured as sat in French with Greg and people were confused because we they were listening to our, our our acoustic record and now and now we actually switched to like playing only electric uh, electric instruments so they're like what the fuck are you guys doing <laughs> um, so actually what's Greg the one that like that uh, kind of suggested hey like we're not really the same band anymore. I think we should change our name. And I was like completely opposed to that. I'm like, what the fuck, man? We have too many t-shirts. We have all these records. <laughs> yeah. We're like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> but, uh, but it made sense. It made sense. And like, I'm really glad we did. Uh, it was, it was painful trying to find the right name, you know, yeah. as it always is. I mean, the go-go punkers was already taken. So and the go-go punkers <laughs> was already taken and sad and French, you know, like, I don't know. I kind of loved and hated that name too. It was like, what? I don't know what it is. Some people hate it. Some people loved it. Yeah. So where did the, the name actually come from? Like, does it have a deeper meaning? Uh, make war or sad and French? <laughs> well, e- both, I guess. Yeah. Uh, sad and French was this stupid joke that my friend from actually from Miami, uh, we were drunk one night and then she was like, why do you always look sad? And I'm like, well, I, I, sorry. Yeah. I'm actually a little sad, but like, I'm not always that sad. And like, I think it's just my eyes and you know, yeah. I have like, I have fucking puppy eyes and, and, uh, and then she's like, you know, you look French too. I don't know. And I put them together <laughs> and I put French. Sad in French. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Now what about make war? I mean, it, it sounds like you guys might be somewhat of a political band. And I mean, from going through some of the lyrics, I've listened to the new record quite a bit. There's some, you know, social political kind of things in there, but it, you guys wouldn't be what I consider like an anti-flag or something. No, not at all. Uh, make war. 
I mean, to be honest with you, Make War came from just me trying to find names. And yeah. I, I was, you know how bands sometimes use, use other bands like um, song names? Yeah, yeah. As, as their, so I was going through all my whole fucking list of, 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 of bands and stuff. And I, I, I found actually a Bright Eyes song that was called Make War. Okay. And I was like, Make War. All right. That's kind of, kind of like a too much, but like also if we gave it like a different meaning, you know, like, and then, and then we started thinking about, about like kind of making war in like inside of yourself. Like, so you're trying to fight like everything that is like, everything that is bothering you and everything that is like holding you to like have a good time, you know, like yeah. fucking anxiety and like panic attacks and like depression and all of these things that you know, I deal with every day. So you, if you fight those things that the, then you become a better person and then you, if you conquer them, then you can actually like go out and like keep touring and do what, doing what you love. So that became the mantra of, of the band and the song name, the, the, the band name kind of like made sense. That's really and, cool, man. Yeah. So, uh, with you guys, you know, you have, you're, you're getting the drummer, you're doing all this stuff. You change the name. How does the relationship with Red Scare come about? Um, so Re I knew Red Scare as a label because, like, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the men singers, and I knew Elway as people, and like I knew a bunch of bands from on that on that label. Um, but and I also knew about Toby Jag as well because you know he's a, a man in the mystery, and like everyone knows him. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. What I didn't know was that Brendan Kelly was also part of Red Scare and like kind of like, kind of like doing this thing together with Toby, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> one day, my friend asked me to. He's like, hey, like I got Brendan in town. Uh, he's playing my new bar that I just opened. Uh, do you wanna, do you wanna play the show? I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm not doing anything. So yeah, I'll play the show. Uh, I didn't. I, I mean, I knew about the Lawrence Arms, and I'm a, I'm a fan of the Lawrence Arms, but I never met Brendan before, so it was kind of like awkward when we met because we were the only people at the bar. He's like, hey, are you playing the show? I'm like, yeah, I'm playing the show. How are you? Da da da. You know. And then, um, and then I started playing the show acoustic. Uh, in front of like I mean, a pretty, it was a pretty good crowd for this size of bar. Um, it was I don't know maybe seventy people or like fifty yeah. people there, and Brendan was just sitting down, fucking getting wasted at the bar, uh, while while I was playing. And then when I'm done, he comes up to me and saying like, "What the fuck, dude?" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You're so fucking good. Like now I have to <laughs> I, now I have to be fucking good. Like I I I'm fucking wasted. Like what are you doing to me?" <laughs> um so after he played like we bonded you know we like talked talked a bunch and like he's like dude i really like your stuff like i i want to sign i want to sign you to red scare i'm like what you're part of red scare it's like yeah man you know me and toby da, da, da. and then he started texting toby right away uh and toby was like i don't know man like i'm listening to their stuff like online and like the damn the, the record that we had out as, as like make war was our old sad and french record that we had like we just did every song but like you know as like punk songs as yeah. like make war and they, we did them in two days you know there was it was live recording it was like it was wasn't supposed to be like a great record but i just wanted to show the people that listen uh, we changed our name from sad and french to make war so this is the new stuff um so yeah brendan was like yeah 
you're no, you're in. Like, I want to sign you. I'm like, perfect. Like, are you sure you don't want to listen to my band? Like, the actual band? He's like, no, if you're in the band, it's good. Like, we got it. It's, it's fine. So he, <laughs> he was just going off of what he heard you do acoustically, and he didn't even care. He just liked what he heard, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, which right? it's, it's fucking crazy. I know. So how excited were you? Did you like automatically get a hold of your guys and go, Hey, we're getting signed to Red Scare. I, I got really drunk that night with him. So like I didn't text the guys until the next morning when I woke up very hangover. And I was like, I was like, I think I might accidentally drunkenly got assigned to Red Scare. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man. And they were like, what? What the fuck? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think we shook hands, but I'm not sure. <laughs> And you, you guys, you guys ended up, you know, writing and recording, developing a theory of integrity. You put out on Red Scare. Um, when that happened, did you guys start touring a lot more? Did it become more of like an actual job? Uh, well, it ha- I don't think it's a job just yet. Yeah. But because uh, we still, we still have like you know the, the our side hustles and shit. But uh, but we definitely started touring more. Like as soon as we got signed to Red Scare, uh, Toby, it was like, hey, like I got this, um, I. Uh, Someone told me about this band from Australia called The Decline. Like they want to tour the U.S. They're looking for a band, you know, to share, you know, share gear, share stuff. Like the whole tour is booked. You guys want to do it? I'm like, yeah. What is it? He's like, it's like a month and a half. I'm like, fuck. Okay, fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't even own a van then. Like we still we're still touring our Element in my Honda Element. So we're like, I guess if we're gonna do a month and a half tour. We have to buy a van. Like yeah. I would, I don't want to, I don't want to do this thing in the Element. So we got a van, like it's, things started getting properly like more, yeah, more together since, since Resker for sure. So when that came out, you know, what led to this whole signing with fat? Because that was only, you know, three, four years ago. And then you guys, you know, just put out the record on fat this, this past, or you know, in 2019. So how did you come to the whole, you know, how did they find out about you guys? Uh, well, we, so the whole story goes that, we we did a tour with uh with the Lillingtons and with Teenage Water Rocket. Okay. So we became really good friends with those guys, all of them. Uh, so uh, Cody from Teenage Water Rocket invited invited us to his wedding. Uh, so he invited me and Edwin. So me and Edwin went with uh, both of our girlfriends to to Denver to go to Cody's wedding, and that's where I met Aaron from Fat. Okay. So we were like all partying and getting drunk and shit, and like. Erin comes to me and she's like, a bunch of people from a bunch of fat kids are telling me that I should sign you. And I'm like, is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I said, or something like, I don't remember what I said. She's like, no, it's a good thing. Uh, but so we kind of left it there. And, and then we actually, we partied so hard that night that my girlfriend, my girlfriend, Erin actually became really good friend. Like, uh, Aaron has Lily, my girlfriend on his, on her phone. That's like Lily, my new best friend. So, <laughs> awesome. so, so, uh, you know, we left it at that. And, uh, and then, and then I met Aaron again at Fest that I think it was that same year. Um, so I told them, I told him I put them on the list to go see us at Fest, uh, Erin uh, uh, and Joey from, from Wagon. Yeah. And then they probably saw our, our best and biggest show ever because you know fest is always like the fucking best time fest like every, is great man yeah every fan from the whole world is just there for you so like you can pack a room full of like 300 400 people and they're all just sing your fucking songs and it's the best fucking time yeah it just makes it feel so good 
So, you know, I mean, I think that helped a little bit because, like, I guess Aaron saw one of the, our fucking best shows. Like, the, the kids went fucking crazy. Like, the ceiling almost collapsed. It was fucking insane, dude. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, yeah, so so we kind of started having, like, a relationship then. And and then and then I, I talked to the guys, and it's like, listen, like, I think I want to send this new record to Fat and see what they think. So we kind of started talking about it and we were like, all right, well, let's talk to, let's talk to Brendan and, and Toby first, you know, and see what they think. And, you know, cause we didn't want to like burn any bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had a long, long fun conversation with Toby on the phone, like, uh, all of us. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then we, we were like, you know what, we're going to try, we're going to see what they say. And, uh, and he was like, so what if they say no? I'm like, well, we fucking put it in Red Scare, man. You know, we love you guys. So what the fuck? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like, we were, we were all happy and sad about like, like leaving Red Scare, you know. Um, but yeah, were you worried that they were going to be kind of like, you know, we're not second choice? Like, were you kind of was it kind of a touchy thing of like you guys were trying to go to Fat or did they completely understand? It was, it was both. It was both, and uh, and I think it's gonna. I think it's going to get better with time. Um, but, you know, like Toby was like, yeah, man, like, I don't I mean, if you really want to do this, it's fine. But like, I don't know, you know. Uh, so at the end, at the end, Brendan was like, yeah, man, like, the, it, I'm a fucking fad. Like, fad is fucking awesome. Like, you should fucking do it. So, yeah, it was it was both things. Uh, but also, I, I knew like if fad would have said no, I knew that Toby was like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Like. I yeah. mean, it's this. We're on this together for the same thing, you know. It's yeah. like if we get bigger, then everyone gets bigger. So it's like it's not like it's gonna fuck fuck everyone because like we still have a record with Red Scare. We still have a record on on Black Numbers. Like it's like as as we get bigger as a band, like everyone everyone's is part of this, you know. Did you guys have a lot of dealings with Mike, or was it all through Aaron, pretty much? It was mainly through Aaron until until Aaron was like so Aaron got the record. It, it took her a while to listen to it because you know she everyone's busy and fat. No, yeah, she's super busy. <laughs> yeah. So so one day I got I get a text from her and she's saying, like, what the fuck? I love this record. I'm like, oh my God. Like, yes. I remember I was like eating oysters with Lil with my girlfriend. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. I like I stopped. I got up and I'm like, I was shaking. I was like, holy fucking shit. Um and then she's like, "Do you mind if I send it to if I send it to to Mike?" I'm like, of, "Duh, of course I don't mind." Like, yeah, send it to Mike. So it took Mike also another good month or something to like you know like to to actually listen to it. Uh, and then uh, yeah, and then I got I got the call from Mike and 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 everything was fucking wonderful. Mike was like, "Hey, listen, I like your band. I like your record." Uh, I want to sign you to Fat. I'm like, okay, that sounds fucking. <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been dreaming about this since I was fucking 13. Well, yeah, that's you know? kind so, of a full circle thing because like yeah, you guys, you guys were in Venezuela sending your record to Fat. Yeah, man. I mean that, yeah. that that's crazy. So did you did you guys have a big celebration where the other guys just as stoked as you were? Every yeah, everyone was fucking stoked. Uh, we had. I mean, we definitely celebrated, but the thing is, like, our drummer, our drummer already moved to Portland, Oregon, so he we couldn't really celebrate with him. But we all got on the phone and we all fucking started screaming and shit. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, man. And then the, the, one of the shitty things was like Mike told me, like, "All right, you're signed to Fab, but you can't tell anyone." 
Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, because so like they wanted, one, they wanted to make like an announcement, probably, right? I, yeah, I, I get it, a hundred percent. But I say like, it was one of the hardest things to do is like to not, especially to my all my Venezuelan friends, you know, because yeah. we've been all like, you know, I, I, they were the ones that I really wanted to tell. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do your do your parents kind of understand how cool that is? I've I've always I like asking people that like when you get signed or something that's so big in your world, like signing to fat, which, you know, to you and me and a lot of other people, fat is like the top, you know what I'm saying? So like, does your family and your friends back home, do they, do they kind of get just an inkling of of what that means? Uh, Well, that same night, I remember just writing a a big, I did tell my mom and dad and my brothers about it. (laughs) So I remember just sending them a big, long text uh, kind of like explaining who they were and how what they meant to me and all that. So they got it because I told them, but uh, but not really because I mean they were all really really excited. My brother, my little brother, uh, he 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 knew Fad because like you know and like we, he he was still like a punk rock kid with me when I lived there. So he he got really excited too. But yeah, man, everyone everyone's fucking stoked. So since signing to Fat and the record came out, you know, just a few weeks ago. Is do do you feel like I mean does it feel different from, than being on Red Scare? Like, is it a good different or a bad different? No, I think I think it's a good different. I think it's like it's. I mean, everything. I feel like Red Scare took us to a different level, and now Fat is taking us to a different level. Yeah. So Red Scare, we definitely couldn't been where we are without Red Scare, and I fucking appreciate that so much. But but like we. Like we gain, we gain a lot of fans from from moving to Redskins, and now we gain a lot of new fans from moving to Fat. You know, because each label has like their own like little community, and I, I guess just by signing to Fat, everyone's like, oh, there's a new Fat band, so like I should listen to it. And that's that's what I that's what I used to do. You know, every time Fat or Epitaph signed a, 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 a new band, I'm like, oh, I get, I guess I have a new favorite band now. Well, I remember in high school when I got into punk rock and I got into Fat Records. If I would go to the record store and see a CD, I didn't even know what the band was, but turn it over and see that little Fat logo, I would buy it. That was it. Yeah, yeah that was it. Same, same here. So I'm, I'm glad that that's still that's still a thing and that's still happening. So have you guys noticed like? you know, a, a lot more social media kind of interest from people since signing to fat, like people are finding out about the band, correct? Yeah. I think, I think cause, cause fat, like we, we make two music videos and, and fat put them on, on their, you know, their YouTube channel. So automatically, like, you know, all the, all the, the like everyone that follows like the fat YouTube channel, which is a fucking huge amount of people. I don't know how, yeah. how much they are, but like 500,000 or whatever the fuck. Uh, everyone started looking at the videos and they were like, what, like, who was, who was this band? How, how come I didn't know about them? Like, like, this is, you know, whatever this is. Some people love this. Some people hate it. Cause we, we're not like, when, I don't think we're like a proper fat band or, or, you know, like fat, fat has some, some bands that sound during the gig. It has like the fat sound, Yeah. but like, I don't think like, I don't think that's a thing anymore. So, so some, some old school fans are still like, what the fuck? This band is too slow. You know? Yeah. Or whatever, but uh, but yeah. When when I listen to the new record, the thing that really struck me is that you guys. I mean, when I'm listening, I hear equal parts like the old school fat bands. I hear like a little bit of the kind of modern emo stuff. I hear some hot water music, like Gainesville sound. Like, 
it's yeah. it's everything that I've ever listened to and liked in one band. I mean, I don't mean to fanboy <laughs> out on you, but like I, that new record is stellar, man. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know a lot about the band. Like I, when they announced you guys were on fat and they said they were putting out the record, like I follow all that stuff and I've got some friends at fat and then, you know, I I watched the video and I dug it, but then I kind of went on about my day when Vanessa sent me the record. I don't think I quit listening to it for a week straight. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's so good, man. Like I, the production is really good. Like Speaking of, you know, we were talking earlier about you, your first band wanting to sing in English. The one thing that I think is so cool is that you have a couple songs that Edwin actually sings in Spanish on the new record. And Russ from Good Riddance that was just on the show a couple weeks back, they have a their new record on Fat. They have a song where he sings in Spanish. And I just think that I don't there's something about the Spanish language over a fast punk hardcore song that just is awesome. <laughs> I know, man. Like it's, it's, yeah. Like I said, it, it, we started singing English because we wanted to be here, but now we want to sing in Spanish because we actually want to, you know, go back, kind of like go back to our roots, and also, but I want, I want, I want everyone from South America to listen to us and be like, all right, we understand these guys. You know, they, these are our people. Like they come from 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 here, and yeah. I know you guys have some uh, dates coming up next year in Europe. Is there any plans to go to South America? I know most of the fat bands make it down there at some point. Well, we, <laughs> when we were touring with, uh, with Lagwagon, they kept on jokingly saying like, we want to take you guys to South America. I'm like, dude, like, don't say it twice. Dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. I'm there whenever yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be your fucking translator. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that you guys are fine and everything. Uh, but yeah, who knows, man, you know, like we, and uh, when we play fest, we have a lot of fans that come, always come see us from Costa Rica. And, you know, we, they were like, we want to take you guys to Costa Rica. And like, so we kind of started talking to uh, about maybe Mexico and Costa Rica. And yeah, I, I fuck, I really hope and th- believe that we'll definitely go to South America, if not next year, the year after. But yeah, we're 100% open to do anything. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, if, if you get down there, you've got to go to Lima, Peru. Because yeah. I mean, that's one of my favorite places in the entire world. I have friends down there. And the last time I was there, which was just a few years back, I was just there hanging out. I wasn't there playing music or anything. And one night I was bored and I got the local little like newspaper and there was a punk rock show at this little place. It wasn't even a club. It was like just an abandoned house or something. And I went there and it was one of the best experiences of my life. And like, man, the people in South America, it's not just when no effects is playing. They act that way for local bands. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys going down there, it'll be the biggest hit in the world. Uh, dude, I, I can't wait. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your songwriting process. Like me as, you know, I'm a guitarist. I've, I've toured. I've been in a bunch of bands. And I always find it interesting to find out how guys kind of write their songs, how their art comes out. And I know that you do acoustic sets. So are you normally writing songs on an acoustic? Uh, yes, they usually start. They usually start on acoustic with like open chords and and just like me mumbling, like shitty English or not even shitty English, like nonsense English uh, on top of on top of the chords. So I just yeah. You go in deeper after that, like do maybe like a little voice memo or something, and then you go in and actually write the riffs that kind of fit with the open chords. Yeah, like sometimes you know when you think that oh, like this is so good, I'm ne- I'm never gonna forget it. Like I'm never gonna forget. This I always forget it. Thing. Yeah, I have yeah. to put it down. <laughs> I'm, me too. Me too. So like, yeah, my my iPhone just has like a bunch of fucking melodies, and 
even sometimes I, I wake up and I, I, I get this thing in my head and I just mumble to the to the phone without a guitar or anything. I just go like, do 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 I don't know. <laughs> so I record those too as well. So is is most of it, I mean, I know Edwin sings a couple songs. You do most of the, the vocals and, and you play guitar. Are the other guys, are they having a lot of input or are you bringing full songs to the table? It's usually, well, so the Edwin songs, like he wrote, he wrote the whole thing by himself, uh, which I'm fucking super proud of. And like, they're literally my two favorite songs on the record. Um, but the rest of the songs, I, I usually, I usually bring we so we bring into this, not to the studio, but like to the practice space. And I say, Hey guys, I have this riff that I like, or I have this like melody or whatever. And then we jam, 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 jam on them. And sometimes new stuff can comes up on the, on the studio with the three of us. And sometimes I come, I come with like full songs and like, you know, they sometimes they love it. Sometimes like, like they're like, we can work on this or that. But but yeah, it's usually like that. It's it's very organic and very very nice. Are you working with like GarageBand or Logic or anything? Like I just got this uh, Easy Drummer software because I I I wanted to write demos and I didn't have a way to do drums because I don't play drums. Are you doing yeah. any kind of demos like that, or are you just kind of showing the voice memos and then building it together? No, so this this record was part like half half the way that I just told you and half GarageBand because because when Greg moved to Portland, there was no way for us to like do the same the same thing that we were doing. So like I I want to say we kind of like uh like wrote like half of the record together like that, and then the other half kind of kind of had to came with me like writing the stuff on GarageBand and put in like a fake drum from GarageBand. And like, I, I usually do the bass with the, with my guitar as well. I just do like some things on the bass and uh, I send it to them, send it to them. And then they listen to it. Like, and they, you know, we, we all kind of talk about it and like, yeah, that's it. That that's so half of it was like that. And half of it was the, the, the other way. But yeah, GarageBand is great, man. I love GarageBand, especially, especially the drummer, the drummers that they have sometimes are like, even Greg sometimes is like, hey, man, like I really like what this drummer did here. I think I'm going to keep that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I like the drummer on there too, but I just, I broke down and bought Easy Drummer 2, which is just, it's kind of like what you can use on GarageBand, but there's way more ways you can customize oh, I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to get into, I'm going to research that because that sounds cool. It's only like $170, man. And I mean, there's like, you can tap out like the MIDI, like where you want your kicks and snares and then it quantizes it for you because it, you know, I'm not a drummer. It makes it sound right. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. You need to check it out, man. Shout out to tune tracks, easy drummer. If you guys want to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I was going to ask you about some, I have some listener questions if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So, uh, Christopher from Illinois, he wants to know what your biggest influence currently is on your songwriting. Oh man, this is such a hard question. <laughs> it is tough. Right? Um, man, currently, currently I, I've been listening to a lot of, uh, I just go to Spotify and go to like, like whatever whatever spotify wants to give me for like my week or what's it called the with the discover weekly yeah it gives you like your breakdown of what they think you would like yeah so i've been listening to a lot of that and i can't fuck i wish i i wish i remember any of those bands <laughs> um i also i i also just listen to like, like a lot of oldies you know like i have a bunch of alexas at home which my girlfriend hates but uh but i just go around and say alexa play some oldies and you know she plays like <laughs> 
She plays like Neil Young, which I fucking love. Oh yeah, I've been, actually been listening to a lot of Neil Young lately. Um, Neil Young and fucking Frank Sinatra and like The Replacements and like I don't know, like all that shit is fucking. I I love all that. Um, but current like new newer bands. Fuck, I want to. I mean, I I I listen to a lot of the men singers. I, I love the men singers. They're a great. I band, think yeah. they're they're a great band. Uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah it's tough it's tough right it's I fucking tough well i like the fact that you were talking about oldies and whatnot because most of the time i mean i i know like if i had to pick my favorite genre or what i want to play it's like punk rock maybe a little bit of metal you know in there but i don't always listen to that i listen to a lot of sappy slow kind of you know singer songwriter stuff and i even listen to some hip-hop like it, it's funny that people always tend to think that if you write a certain style of music, that's all you listen to. Right. Yeah. And that's never the case. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the case for me growing up. When well, growing they, up. Growing yeah. Up, yeah. I, yeah. I only listen to punk rock. Uh, I even hate it. I hate it. Anything related to emo or like, or like metal and shit like that. But then I, I decided to stop being a dickhead and open my horizons <laughs> yeah. and like, <laughs> And then, and then like fucking eat, like the Get Up Kids became one of my favorite bands, and then like fucking I don't know like Jimmy World. Oh yeah, like it opened it up to like a bigger thing, which I've, I'm glad it did. <laughs> so, uh, is there anybody? This is just a question for me. Is there anybody currently kind of in your scene, like in that kind of fat epitaph, like punk scene, that you would like to work with as far as like maybe writing songs together or touring with? Who's someone on like your bucket list? uh fuck i know well, that's tough too well you know when i talk to mike he's like this is what i do man i make sure the bands don't suck and then i and then and then i take him on tour so i was like all right mike i'm still waiting for it <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you guys are going to go on a tour with them soon yeah yeah um i mean no effects will be fucking killer that would be a, a dream come true but also i mean Lagwagon. Lagwagon has been one of my favorite bands since growing up like like listening to Lagwagon without understanding any english because yeah. i didn't speak english until i was 17 i still got it like somehow i i kind of knew what joey was saying because he had so much fucking like uh, uh like emotion on 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 the way he's saying everything you know and like and yeah like so touring with them just like it was definitely the top top bucket list and it, it happened right after we signed the fat so i was like this is the right thing to do <laughs> man if that new record railer is just oh it's so good you can't find i mean when you think of a band that has been around as long as Lagwagon, there's so many records they've put out and then they put out that record like most bands are on the downward spiral you know what i mean <laughs> that record could have come out 20 years ago and been the biggest Lagwagon record ever i love it so much yeah, and the the way it sounds and the way they recorded it too, like a, a, it's it's not like a big production, which it just makes me re, it reminds me of like Daw and Trash, you know? Like yeah. it's just like, oh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> and listening to them live too, like every day for like I don't know three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm friends with a lot of those guys on Facebook, and the whole time you guys were on that tour, Dave was posting the videos of him playing drums, and I'm just like, man. Yeah. How can you have a drummer that good and a two guitarists that good? That band is just stacked, man. Everyone, everyone is just everyone just kills it. <laughs> I got to have the rest of them on here. I had Joey on, but I want to get everybody else on the show too. 
Yeah, but you know, but also doing with face to face, like I I knew of face to face. I mean, I I'm a big fan of face to face, but but I didn't listen to a lot of records like I did with Lagwagon. Yeah, and like and touring with them, I was like, what the fuck? They sound perfect. Like they're oh, like yeah. the perfect. They're like the perfect light band. I'll I'll tell you, man. It's it's an unpopular opinion, but my favorite face to. I mean, I love everything they've done, but my favorite record that I listen to more than anything else is Ignorance Is Bliss. It was their record that like kind of people got pissed about because it was slower and it wasn't really punky. Have you listened to that record? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking excellent. I had Pete Parada, who's now on the offspring, but he played drums on that record. And I talked to him about that a lot. And he was like surprised that that was my favorite record. I just, the way Trevor sings those songs, like, I don't know, man, you're, you're bringing up two bands that I could just talk about for hours. <laughs> yeah. Trevor just had like all these melodies and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I, I guess I'm going to listen. I guess this is going to be the song in my head for the next year or so Yeah, for the next <laughs> year. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, tell me about the future coming up for the band. Like I said, I know you guys have some dates in 2020 in, in Europe. So, uh, what else is going on with the band? There's a, there's a lot of like stuff that is like 90% there Yeah. that, uh, you know, definitely bucket list, like, like going, like going like East, East, you know, like, like Japan and Australia. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to some, some people there. Um, we're talk, still talking to, to, to Mexico and Costa Rica as well. Like, I really hope that happens. Um, what else? Uh, you know, we have, we we're planning some tours in May, April and May as well. Uh, there's nothing like said yet that I can actually talk about, but I know next year is just going to be full of things, which I, I can, cannot wait for it. Are you guys one of those bands that's, that's going to try to tour as much as possible and like put out a record in like three or four years? Or are you guys wanting to put something out like, you know, every year, or every other year? Uh, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to put anything out every year. <laughs> <laughs> that would be I, tough, right? I definitely want to tour this this record for at least at least two years and like hopefully nonstop and like just like you know go everywhere and uh, yeah definitely South America and yeah awesome well uh, could you tell me what the socials are for the band so my listeners can check you guys out and maybe even your personal one if you want people to check out your socials uh, yeah uh, so make more social it's usually all uh, make more music so Instagram is make more music. Uh, Twitter is Make War Music. I think Facebook is Make War NYC. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Uh, my personal in, in Instagram is uh, I Love Misery. Okay. Which uh, I only post pictures of food, mainly, <laughs> and, <laughs> and my girlfriend. That's it. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, but yeah. You guys have a Bandcamp page as well where they can get everything. Or you can also listen to everything online and Fat's got everything. So people can just go there to check you guys out, correct? Yeah, Bandcamp should be also uh, Bandcamp.com, make more music. Um, but yeah, if you go to the Bandcamps, uh, a fat Bandcamp site, we're also there. Uh, and yeah, and, and you know, you can get records from us. You can get records from, from Red Scare, from Fat, from whatever. Cool, man. Well, hey, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I had a great time no, thank speaking you, with Chris. you. This was, yeah, this was great. And I, like I said, man, you're a friend of the show now. So it's it, whenever you want to come back, just let me know. And we'll talk about some more stuff, man. All right. Next next time, we just we just do the whole thing about uh, stories from tour. That's awesome. It. Awesome, man. Well, hey, have a great evening. And uh, if you guys get to Indianapolis at any time in the future, I'm there. We're going to hang out, man. Where, where in Indianapolis are you? Uh, I'm, I live about 50 minutes north of Indianapolis in Indiana. Right in, the, okay. right in the middle of the country, man. So if you guys get anywhere close, I'll come check you out. We can hang out. 
yeah, I feel like we played there before. We played this super cool bar. That I, Melody Inn, is that there? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Melody Inn, that place is great, man. Yeah, I love that place. Well, hopefully when you come back, you'll be playing a bigger place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, man. Well, have a great night, and uh, I will talk to you soon, Jose. Thank you so much. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me. So there it was, my conversation with Jose from Make War. I had such a wonderful time talking to Jose, and I can't wait to have him back on the program. Uh, since we did this interview, they've actually posted, I think they're, they are going to Central America and some Mexico stuff that we were talking about on the podcast. And I know they're going back over to Europe. I think they're playing some shows with the Bomb Pops and a lot of other bands. So if they're coming to your neck of the woods, check them out. You will not be sorry. And go stream or buy or steal their new record, Get It Together on Fat. It's such a great record, and you guys are not gonna you're not gonna be sorry. You gotta check it out. Jose's band is is the truth, man. <laughs> so go check out Get It Together by Make War. Thank you guys so much for all the support. I've had so many wonderful emails lately about people finding the show and just uh, word of mouth really does it. You know, if, if you like this show, tell your friends because if you know you're like me, a lot of my friends like punk rock. So if you like this show and your friends like metal or hardcore or punk rock or emo or whatever, tell them about the show. I think they'd really, really enjoy it and help me grow this thing. It's I'm, I'm entering into my third year. I started in 2018. I mean, I guess it's not my third year of the show. I'm entering into the third separate year on the calendar but uh, it's it's crazy. I've got my episodes pretty much booked up till number 100. I'm going to have three digits. That's crazy. So just tell your friends, share us on Facebook, retweet us, you know, repost us on Instagram, put us in your stories. I mean, whatever you can do to help us grow this thing. I get so much great feedback from people all the time and it makes this thing worth it. Like I love doing this. It's kind of like this passion project for me, but to know that you guys out there, you guys and girls out there enjoy the program and you enjoy my conversations with these amazing people. It, it means a lot to me and it's, you know, it's the holiday season and I guess I'm just feeling mushy, but I love you guys so much. Thank you for all the support. And don't hesitate to get in touch with me, even if you just want to talk. Like if you have a guest suggestion or you have a question for me or a question for a guest or you just want to go, hey, dude, your show's awesome or hey, dude, your show sucks. Like that's fine, too. Maybe I will sell myself to you and make you like the show. So hit me up on all the socials at TOTOT podcast or you can email me TOTOT podcast at gmail.com next week on the program. Super, super excited. Yotam Ben Horan from Useless ID. Uh, Useless ID did a split with the Ataris back in the day, way before I was in the band. It's a great conversation. We talk about his life in Israel, his life here, and uh, Useless ID. Man, if you have not listened to Useless ID, you need to. And he also does solo stuff, solo acoustic stuff. So come back next week for Yotam. I love you guys. Thank you once again for all the support. As always, I'm not going to get out of here before I play some music. And I'm going to play my favorite song, one of my favorite songs, from Make War's new record, Get It Together. This song is called American Football. Actually, it's F-U-T-Ball, so it's by American Football. Yeah, because I, I don't know. 
phonetically, I guess it's probably football. But uh, this is American Football by Make War. Thanks again to Jose for coming on the show. Love you, dude. And I will see you guys next week. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Peace. from Moto Triple X, formerly Drummer Boy for Strung Out and Pulley. Just wanted to say thanks to everyone for making my podcast the number one most listened to episode in 2019. 
and thank Chris for having me on his show. Now go check out all the other awesome episodes on That One Time On Tour as the show continues to climb to the top of the charts. Happy holidays, everybody. Hey guys, it's Alice Lenny. And it's you too. That's what time I turn. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.